Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everyone? Hope you are all doing well out there. Thank you for tuning in to this most recent episode of Sports and Torch. You know, I'm still riding high from the podcast last week with my man, Samir Ahuja uh, from uh, Game Changer, president of Game Changer. So if you're not listening to that, please go back and listen. That guy's awesome. But uh, as for today's episode, a smart man named Robert Yanell, who's a friend of the show, who's been on the show before, he once taught me that what the crowd wants, the crowd shall get. Well, the crowd wanted my man to come back. My man who's a guest today, Jared Schlosser, is a frequent person that people say, get that guy back on here. So you know what? That's what we're going to do. What the crowd wants, the crowd gets. Jared, what's up? Welcome back. Glad we're doing this again. Dude, I'm back. I'm super pumped. You're back. You're back. And we said, what are we going to talk about? And we said, you know what? Let's talk about just a bunch of random stuff. Call it the random show. Uh, so I don't know where this is going to go. We talked about a few ideas, but we'll just kind of see what happens. I mean, we, we talk about this stuff anyway. So why not? Throw a microphone in front of just our A couple faces. guys drinking a glass of bourbon and having a conversation. We just poured a Rowan's Creek, which... Um, when I go to the liquor store, I still, to this day, try to find like different stuff. My dad kind of taught me that, gets to try something new. I like it. Uh, Rowan's Creek, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Where are you at these days, Dude, bourbon I, whiskey-wise? I've gone full circle. What do you mean? So, the old frat house days, right? You drank the Jim Beam. It's disgusting, but whatever, right? That yeah, was what, that's what you could afford. Then, you get in this bourbon thing where you've got to have super fancy bourbon, and now, dude, I go to Costco, I buy Jack Daniels. You're back to Jack Daniels. I'm back, I'm back, back to Jack, Jack Daniels. Dude. I swear to God, like, I've gone full circle. I was, at a, I was at a work function the other night, and these dudes were ordering, like, very expensive bourbon. And I'm like, yeah, I'll have a, a Jack Daniels on a big rock. The whole table looked at me like, bro, what did you just do? I'd have looked at it. That's a, that's a crazy move. I was going to ask if you're putting Coke in it. Like, are you, are you, are you a Jack and Coke guy now? No, just straight up. Just straight up. I'm hey. just a, I'm just a common working man, just trying to get by, having my glass of bourbon. So I, I have a a handle of Gentleman Jack that I came across five years ago. I can't give this stuff away. I can't conv- I can't give it to somebody to drink. No if one you it. had, if you brought your all, all 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 the podcast dudes, you sat them down at this table, you blindfolded them. Not a single one would be able to tell the difference between Gentleman Jack and whatever uh, fancy bourbon. Mm, maybe. So I've gone a different direction too. Like I drink a lot more tequila now. Um, I'm much more Casamigos, um, either on 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 uh, on the rocks with a lime. There's some topo on there, some mineral water. I'm very good. With it's that. great, great for marathon drinking. You can't marathon drink bourbon. No, no, can't do no, it. This is this is this is not the way. You get. So we're filming this November first. Halloween was last night. Um, you sent some great pictures of you and the kids and y'all's y'all's costumes. So how'd it go last night, man? How's Halloween? Did the whole family got their their WWF WWE gear on? Amazing and and dominated the neighborhood. Was the discussion like, okay, what are we going to dress up? Let's do a family shtick, a family theme, or was it just kind of organically came together? So Haley got Dylan a Hulk Hogan outfit, which was hilarious. <laughs> And then I'm like, all right, well, if he's going to be Hulk Hogan, then I got to get a wrestling outfit. And then when I got it, Sadie was originally going to be a witch. And she was like, 
bro, if y'all are going to be wrestlers, I'm going to be wrestlers too. So she did a Ronda Rousey thing. And so Haley got a referee's outfit and it all just came together. See, I thought, I thought that he was Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, nah, she's Ronda Rousey. <laughs> okay, I, I thought it was a Piper office. And if you if you say something to her, she'll correct you. Oh, I'm too. sure she's she will. No, I, Roddy Piper. I think that of the four of y'all, she's the biggest wrestling fan now. I think she is. It's it's absolutely amazing. So I love that. Like you got to cherish those times where the kids are that age and that that size, and they want to do the whole family dress up. It goes fast, man. Like we're in a totally opposite position with Halloween. Y'all are like, having like parties and we're having parties. Yeah. Isabella had like 50 friends over last night. They're all dressed up. No desire to go trick or treating, just running around my backyard and basement, having a great time. Uh, Graham and his buds, they just took off and went. I was like, see you bro. And they came back in an hour or two, whatever. And me and Dana literally never left the house, which was wild. Damn. Um, it, it, talk about coming full circle. Like think about college, like college was just a party, right? It was an excuse to get dressed up, go downtown, drink. Um, Halloween is a wild, like, stages of progressions. You get it really is. It, you go from going to this party to that party to dressing up with little kids and walking around the neighborhood. Um, although, look, there's people that do it both, right? Like, we've got friends that, that throw parties and have neighborhood parties and whatever, and they just let the kids roll. Um but ours are so young, it's it's tough to do yeah, that. Yeah. I actually, I mean, in the trust tree here, I kind of missed a trick-or-treating last night. Um, our neighborhood in the hills is is pretty festive for it. And so you see all your, you see all your friends here, your buds, you got things going on, um, right around golf carts and stuff. So I did kind of miss it, but yeah, it is what it is. So I knew we would eventually get to WWE stuff. I'm looking, it's five minutes in. Uh, seeing as that's what your family dressed up as uh, for Halloween, like I guess we'll just go right to WWE stuff. Still into it? Still watching it? Still loving it? Your kids are all no, about it? No, I, I don't watch anything new. The kids watch the old stuff. Like it, now with YouTube, everything's clips, right? And they'll like, Dylan's too, like Stone Cold, Stone Cold. And, and you put on Stone Cold and he'll like do his entrance out. And Dylan thinks it's like the funniest thing Stoke, ever. Stone Cold's his so guy. So it's all stuff that I watched back in the day. It's nothing new for the most part. Right. It's, it's like a fine wine, though. It ages so damn well. It's still uh, so good. Yeah, the videos you send me of Sadie doing her thing. I mean, y'all, that's y'all's nighttime book, right? Yeah. Like half his wrestler stuff. Well, what they love is like the old school, like 91, 92 Royal Rumble, where they did like the funny entrance where they show everybody's picture. <laughs> they think it's like the funniest thing ever. It is the funniest thing ever. So you're always a hitman guy. Yeah. Uh, do your kid says so Stone Cold for Dylan. How about Sadie? Who's her favorite? It's, it changes on like a weekly basis, depending on what we're watching. Yeah. Um, you know, Sadie likes uh, Hogan. She likes The Rock, like all the all the famous people. But then she likes hilarious like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and like people you've, you, you'd be shocked if you went through and, and said, Hey, have you ever heard of this person? She'll sing you the theme song. So no, that's so good. So if, if like the, the first probably five, four or five wrestlers that pop in my mind from our era, um, you know, obviously Hitman was always your guy. Undertaker was my guy. Um, Macho Man, you gotta love Macho Man. Uh, ben loved uh, Ultimate Warrior, you know, was the best. So good. Hogan, um, Put all those guys in a ring, like one of those old old, old stool uh, cage matches. Who comes out alive for those guys? So you got like Undertaker, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Flair, Hitman, Hogan. Like who's who's making out alive out of there? I mean, it depends on what year we're talking. At their prime, 
at each take each one of their oh, prize. It's, it's Hogan because the writers want that, or because he would because make it the up? writers want that, and it's clearly scripted television, and thus Hogan has to go over. Well, let's let's not say what the writers want to do. Let's say who would actually make it out, like if they were actually going for it. I mean, I, I feel like the Undertaker has to. Like, in a real fight, like, I could totally see him just destroying all four of those guys. He's probably the biggest, right? He's six. He's definitely the biggest. He's definitely the strongest. Um, And he just looks like he can win a real fight. Yeah. He still looks like he could. Um, My heart says Undertaker. My brain says Ric Flair. I think Ric Flair has the staying power. I mean, think, think what that guy's gone through. And he still is just able to do his thing, right? Like he still was wrestling not but a few years ago. He he's got like that cockroach that's like you cannot kill that guy. 16 time, 18 time champion. Woo! Ric Flair it is. I love Ric Flair. Okay. Have you ever met Ric Flair in person? Because I have. I met his and son. Let me tell you something. He's my size. <laughs> so you're saying Undertaker would break him in half? Ric Flair is my size, okay? Am I as jacked as Ric Flair? Not yet, maybe soon. But, dude, he is like, if you see him on the street, he just looks like another dude. And that's how talented he is, right? There's personality that good that he made all that money. But no, dude, he would, Undertaker would step on him. <laughs> so when I see an Instagram reel or YouTube short about Ric Flair, I don't care what it is, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Like, it's still good. It's still good. And and the stories about his drinking and these these party things he would go on and just like his epic consumptions, like I cannot get enough of it. So I'm saying Ric Flair wins. Now, uh, if you're saying who who do you want to hang out with out of that crew, 100% Ric Flair. Uh, I wouldn't make it through a night. No. I wouldn't make it through the night. None of us would. Um, now, Hitman was your guy. And I always remember Hitman being like the intracontinental champion. And I don't know, what, what does that even mean? He was just like... He he was the wrestler, like he was the best. If you listen to the if you listen to other podcasts on like wrestling, which I listen to, and they talk about like who is the best, they call it worker, right? Wrestler, it, it's Bret Hart. So like that, he's that. He makes everything look real and tell a story in the ring, all that sort of stuff. It's like you you go back now and watch a Hulk Hogan match. It's the same like six moves over and over again. And at the time you were like seven years old, you didn't care. But now you're watching it, you're like, oh, I just watched this. But with him, with Bret Hart, it was a completely different well, match. He was a wrestling family, right? Owen Hart was a brother, his dad. They call him the excellence of execution. I get that. But I mean like intercontinental champion. Like what does that even mean? Like you have the world champ. It's like you got the, tag team champ, but what does the intercontinental mean? I never knew. It's like uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like the middle of the road type champion, right? Like winning the it's like winning the West for Alabama after Georgia knocks him out. So he's like, like a, just the, the, the afterthought? Yeah, it's just like an afterthought. Well, speaking of Georgia, they're not afterthoughts. They're the freaking champion. Back to uh, back. Back to back. Cheers to that, by the way. Cheers. God bless. Uh, God dang, it feels good to be a Georgia fan right now. People are sick of, me talk, sick of hearing me talk about it. I don't care. No apologies. It's amazing. I mean, it's been hundreds and hundreds of days since they lost a game. Hundreds and hundreds of days since uh, they have not been champions. Which is, it's crazy. Like, we were talking about this weekend, me and a bunch of my buddies, because we went to Georgia, Florida, and for 10 years, I think my record was like one and nine. Like, they won with David Green and David Pollock in 
2004. It was David Green, David Pollock's last year, right? And that was like Ron Zook was already about to be fired or fired. Like they won that year and that was it. So like 10 years straight of going to that game and losing. Um, now it's, it, it, it's it, you take it for granted. Like we just beat those guys by a crazy amount of points. And, you know, there were so many years growing up where we didn't beat them. I went first time 97. We were 20-point dogs. I didn't know any different, truthfully. And we won that game. I'm like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. And then to your point, it was like 10 years where we won one time. We called the Trail of Tears driving, that's driving right. home. That's right, Trail of Tears. Uh, well, things have changed. Kirk, Kirby Smart, can, can you tell me anybody on the planet Earth that is better at their job than Kirby is at his job? No, there's only one back-to-back national champion. It's it's an, it's insane. He does his job better than anybody else does their job. And I will take that. If someone can give me a name, if someone does it better, I will listen. But him and, and Anthopolis will probably do some Braves talk too. Anthopolis is great at his job too. Um, we've got two guys just cooking right now. Um, it's, it, the, the program cannot be in better position. And I think we win three in a row. I feel a level of confidence. that The team is young. It's getting better. Dude, Carson Beck is way better than people thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do they win another na- a third national championship? I, I don't know, but they're certainly going to be in play. I mean, look, they've got to go. They've either got to win the next three games or they've got to win two of the next three games, and then they go play in Atlanta and – they win that game, they're in the playoff, the and playoff. then all all bets are off. Yeah, you got Ohio State making noise, Michigan making noise. I feel like we hear from them every year. Um, those programs just don't do it for me. They don't do it. They don't do it for me. They, their coaches don't inspire to the same level of confidence that Kirby does. Their fans, they make excuses. They're whiners. I apologize on my friends out there that are fans of OSU and Michigan, but it's how I feel. It's true. What do you think? I mean, how do you how do you do the tail of tape of these programs? It, it's funny because like. Southern fans like to lump them together, right? It's like, oh, it's Michigan, Ohio State. Everybody up north is annoying. Um, Michigan cheaters. <laughs> They're just straight cheaters. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. Like Connor Stallion. Like you, mean, you turn on like the 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 hot takes on ESPN. They're like, oh, you know, everybody uh, everybody steals signs. Like this is a nothing burger. Like, bro, there was a guy on the sidelines of a Central Michigan game in an outfit and and a camera in his in his uh sunglasses videotaping the game like I don't know if you saw that today. Oh yeah, I did. They got the blue light in the sunglass like that's the level of cheating that Bill Belichick couldn't Didn't even, even pull get off. to. Yeah, and then and then the, and then this cat goes on the sidelines next to Harbaugh holding a Waffle House menu, you know, full of plays of the other yeah. teams running. Um, I think I think there's a real problem there for them. I mean, I think I, that they like you said they're absolutely cheating, and I think they're going to get, get and, and, and you cheat, and then you lose to a TCU team in the first round of the playoff that Georgia laid waste to in a way that. To this day, well, I, I, I could live another hundred years and never see. Well, wait a second. Like Let me stop that. you right there. You heard about that TCU game, yeah? Michigan. They didn't scout TCU. They didn't. You heard this, right? They went to Georgia. They went to Tennessee. They went to Alabama. All these teams they thought they might be playing never had a never had a thought in mind. Well, it could be TCU, they and they and they lose. So you know. So you've got you got Michigan. That there's a bunch of cheaters, and then the Ohio State people. God help you. Cry me a river. I mean, cry me a river. 
the 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 speech where like Ryan Day's cutting a promo on like a ninety seven year old uh, Lou, Holtz. Lou Holtz who big play end, Jay still loved at the end of, at Lou the Holtz. end of the game and, and it's like dude I just I feel nothing for you I I do I watched that um, that New Year's uh, New Year's Eve kick at least three times a day have to have to there's Ryan Day is still crying about that about. Marvin Harrison Jr., cheap shot on Bullard. Do you think Kirby Smart would spend one second looking back at something from last year? Hell no. He is focused that's, directly on what's ahead of him. That's the biggest difference I see. That's not what that's not what winners do. No, that's not what winners do. No. Losers make excuses, and that, that's what we're hearing out of I don't I don't think about the deal that I lost, you know, last year or even last week, right? I focus on what's in front of me and what the deal is that I'm chasing now. You have to move on. That's Ohio what, State and Jason Day, or Jason, I've said that before, Ryan Day, they cannot move on. Uh, speaking of teams that need to move on, um, I'll take this chance to, to throw the Falcons out there because I know this is something that can really, really get your your motor running. Uh, I don't remember last time you were on the podcast, we talked about the move to London. I mean, that was that's something you've been working on for a long time, like ship their asses they, across the pond. They should move to London. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to derail the podcast here. Hey, I'm going to derail. I'm it's the random they show. Are, up, let's... They are the worst franchise in all of sports. <laughs> Here's a funny one because, you know, today they – so they have the game last week where they bench the world's worst quarterback. They put Taylor Heineke in there, and he's all-world. Then after the game, the coach, who is the most stubborn dude ever, says, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to start Ritter next week. Then he changes his mind after he watches the tape. Duh. Like he needed to watch the tape to know that. I don't know – Anything about football, I'm sitting on my couch. I can tell you that Heineke over Ritter was a no-brainer. What is the tape going to say that we didn't already know? Ritter is the worst quarterback that has ever started a professional football game. I just and 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 you want to go deep. So why are why are the Falcons need to move to one? Why are they so bad? They drafted running back at what was he like the fifth pick in the draft? This year, like Bijan? Yeah. Eight. Eight. Eight pick in the draft. With our boy Carter sitting right there. He gets six carries a game. Yeah. He had one last week. He had one. He gets six carries a game. Okay. They drafted a wide receiver fifth, Drake London. He gets thrown to a couple times a game. And the worst of them, the absolute worst of them, they took Kyle Pitts as a top pick in the NFL draft in front of franchise quarterbacks, franchise defensive players, franchise linemen, and they, I made the mistake of drafting him late in my on, on my fantasy team. Uh, he's gonna kill and, your fantasy And he gets man. he gets like a throw a week. Yeah, two for thirty. So so here's the thing: like in real time, I thought Pitts was was the right pick. I will I will say that he was the unicorn coming out of Florida. The next year, they took Drake London. I'm like, who the hell is Drake London? But send him to London for London. London, London. Uh, Bijan, ridiculous. You take Jalen Carter right there. However, if you're going to build your team with three playmakers in the, in the top top 10 picks, you got to have a quarterback to utilize them, right? It's like you have all these fancy, pretty parts, and then you have no one to get them the ball. So it flies flat on its face, and you have what we have, which is we score what? 14 points a week, 17 points a week. The defense is actually pretty damn good, which is the funniest thing of it all. I um it's like it's like buying a lot in Indian Hills 
building this beautiful brand new house that everybody does over here and painting it freaking orange. Right. Right. Like right. I don't understand how somebody started a season. They spent $160 million fixing the defense on a bunch of guys with one year deals. And they started a quarterback that would not start in the SEC. So what's your pitch to Arthur Blank? He he he's a listener. He's a he's a loyal listener. When you say sell talk the team. to him, sell the team to London, is there some rich English dude that's that's willing to put sell. you know get some fish and chips in the stands and get him over there to Wembley Stadium? Look, I'd say it's a young man's game. <laughs> it's a young man's game. I you know, like Arthur bought what does that he need this Arthur, for? Arthur bought that team in what, like 99, 2000. And he was coming in hot. He got rid of Dan Reeves, who was a good coach, got Michael Vick and had a couple years there, went off the rails. Super Bowl, we don't have to get into. But this team, I mean, look, I think Grady Jarrett getting hurt, they're probably done for the year. Big problem. But before that, they were a legitimate playoff team in a bad division with a good quarterback, but they... They'll they'll go eight and nine, nine and eight. They might sneak in. We have our Sunday text chain with with me, you, our dad. I Matt, don't know why, why do I watch it. And we all say the same thing: like, why are we watching this? Because it's like the train wreck. You can't not watch it, and then you can't not communicate with everybody about it. It's a rite of passage. Arthur Blank, he would have thought he'd won a Super Bowl by now, right? Like he he would have thought for sure he'd have a Super Bowl. And, he, and poor guy is gonna gonna die without one. If you told me in two thousand three that. 20 years would go by and we would not win a Super Bowl with, with Arthur Blank. I would have been, I would have said, no way we're going to win it one of these years. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause but, he, he, he does. I mean, he wants, he goes all in now, but with, it's the type of, it's the type of leadership that he brings in. Right. Like you got, it, it's always, you know, first time head coaches who are weak that aren't going to stand up to him and, and, and leadership there. You got, you know, soft GMs that are there that have no personality, that aren't tough or demanding or, or and bring in those type of players that just chase finesse guys. Like that's that's what they are. It's a soft franchise. They don't do anything, do anything right. that, no, that inspires good. confidence that they're gonna win. And they they still sell sell PSLs that awful stadium. Now I I am still a little butthurt over the Braves. Um, but at least they're a good franchise. They're a good, they're a good uh, program's the wrong word, but they've got good leadership. They've got good, a great GM. They're trending in the right direction. Baseball's weird. They completely crap the bed in the postseason, but w- Braves are going in the right direction, or, or, or do you think they're soft and suck too? <laughs> the Braves are missing alphas. And I think, look, are they heading in the right direction? Absolutely, right? They won 100 games. Um, you had three teams win 100 games to get wiped out of the first round of the playoffs. So, baseball it's weird. not um, it's not crazy, but like they just when they won the World Series, they won it behind like dudes that were alphas that had been in the playoffs that had had playoff success. Like Jacques, Jacques. felt they they feared nobody. Like Matzik coming off the mound, like he looked like he was from the major league movie. Like, uh, yeah, I like those were some dudes. Yeah, and that's what they're missing is they're missing those like big personality alpha guys in the locker room that just shine in the postseason. Um, and that was what plagued the old Braves. 
right? Yes. It's no, like, I don't disagree with you. I mean, baseball is a weird sport. I mean, some team gets hot. You got the stupid Diamondbacks playing the Rangers right now. It just, you know, it, 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 it the world, the World Series. I don't know about you, but like, I haven't watched a pitch of it at all, and I don't really care. And once the Braves are out, I didn't watch any of the, the uh, baseball. NLCS or baseball's terrible. I mean, it, it, it's it's unfortunate because the way they set it up, it's like. You know, you have this buy, you kill any momentum that's going in there. Um, it's so, I think you said teams before, like, get hot at the right time. It's so regional. Like you'll watch your team, but I ain't watching two random teams play. Like it's, it's slow. It's not, I don't know, man. I mean, baseball, the sport, I love it. You know, I love baseball, but played you, it, but watching it, you go, you go full circle, right? Like talk about Kirby Smart and instilling a championship attitude and doing things like that. And then you have, you know, Brian Snicker come up with, uh, you know, win 100 games and change the lineup the first game. The minute he did and that, send, all of us were like, what in the hell? Just sends the wrong that, message. But that's, the, that, that's instilling a championship mentality, right? Versus not. Like, oh, we're going to change what got us here um, to try and outsmart our opponent. Like, no. No. No, you no, win 100 you, games. You're going to line you up. roll and, your dudes out, and you do exactly what you've been doing. The minute I saw a lineup, I'm like, we're kind of screwed right now. Yeah. Like, like they, we just lost the head game, and you don't want to lose the head game. No. Now, one thing that I think we all agree is a 10 is the battery. Yeah. Right? I mean, you have nothing negative to say the battery. One of the better real estate deals done in this town in the last 10, 20 years. Better. Name something better. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. I mean, it's the absolute best. Um, I work down there. I go down there to eat, Braves games, bars. Like it is a perfect ten, and the revenue flows to the Braves to right. allow us to sign all these players. Like anybody at this point that's still arguing about the battery has a massive dump in their pants. I got no time for it. No, it is um, it is amazing how well that's worked out, and you know, frankly, it's the model. Like I'm doing a deal in in downtown Houston, like they're they're creating their version of the battery like everywhere you go now they've used that as the model like hey we're going to own some real estate nearby create a live work play right by the stadium and and generate revenue it makes sense right i mean you're you're a real estate guy is and this may be a dumb question but is finding the land to do this the hardest part like the concept seems like pretty obvious people want to be involved in it from a vendor standpoint restaurants bars is just getting the, the land it's the investment like you look at, so the battery is a whole experience, right? You got the stadium, you've got restaurants, bars, all this stuff. And so if you go down there on a regular night, like you're talking about, like you go to dinner, you could go, you know, out and, and lots of people, you know, particularly students in Kennesaw, like that's where they go out. And that's right? where they live. Um, you know, you go to a game and it's a whole experience. You go down to um, the new $2 billion um, Mercedes-Benz, you got nothing there. Nothing. And it's about the investment, right? Like people don't want to tailgate for a professional sporting event. They don't want to go down to the game, just walk in, walk out. They want a whole experience and you have to make the investment so that the, the – Stadiums that are thriving are either super infill um, where you've got nightlife all around it um, in various cities 
or um, you've got a situation like the battery where you just create it. You just, right? you just like make it happen. Jerry's yeah. world, you create it. Um, um, I was just at, at at Detroit, which is surprisingly a really cool city that nobody talks about. And like, there's a whole scene down there by that. And you can that. hop across the way to Canada's uh, casinos. That's right. That's easy to get right over there. That's right. No town, baby. But it's like, it's a whole scene there. And it's like, you go down to a game at Mercedes Benz. I don't go to Falcons games anymore because I can't give up my Sunday to watch that trash. But when the dogs play in like the SEC championship, you go down there and there's just not there's not enough going on um there i think there's a real opportunity there's been some um you know there's some stuff that's being foreclosed on and um some kind of turnover going on on that entire road near um on the back side of the stadium where i think somebody could come in and really do a good job and create something down there yeah, but they've been trying that for years. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they've they've tried a Lucky Street and this and that, and they put the Hall of Fame down there, which is cool. I by the way, I think there's some traction in um, by the old Brave Stadium. I mean, of course, they waited till they left, but like, there's some Georgia cool, State's football stadium. Yeah, there's I, a, I don't know, there's man. some cool stuff down there. But um, all, all I'll tell you is, I did go to the Falcons game probably about two weeks ago. Um, had a great time, by the way, and I had a great time for a couple reasons. Um, I didn't care who won or lost. I mean, I do care, but I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not tied to the outcome. Graham loves NFL football. Like, he loves NFL football. His fancy teams, his, all the players, he's locked in. Food's good, stadium's good. But the whole time we're driving down there, I'm like, I wish I was going to the battery. Like, I wish I was going to the battery. And an hour later, when I finally get down there, I'm like, geez, that was like half the day spent coming to and from. Just not a fan. Not a fan of that stadium. I probably, you know, it could be just I've I've seen some bad games in that stadium, but um, not a huge fan of it. Speaking of traveling long distance, I mean, you're doing a lot of work travel these days, huh? Getting back on the road, COVID's opened up, everybody's out seeing sights. I'm like 2,000 MQDs away from Diamond again. So it's funny is that Delta changed their, their whatever, and I don't travel enough to to know or care. Um, it doesn't really affect me too much, but goddamn, people are fired up. Well, yeah, because you're um, they're basically taking what you let me take a step back. Unless you are uber wealthy or work for a company that allows you to buy first class tickets nonstop, you can't hit diamond anymore. They make it too hard. They've it's, made it's it now. And and you can talk to certain people that are that have that and they're like, well, great. Now I'm gonna get upgrade all the time. Like this diamond actually means something, yada, yada, yada. But like it, it and I get that side of it, but um it's just another thing where a big corporation does something without a lot of thought. And um, they changed it. And now they've kind of gone back to it. Like I can't, I can't. So again, the one that gets me, really mean the one much. that gets me, because I, I obviously I'm on the road too, too darn much um, where this matters. But you pay five hundred dollars a year for Sky Club access. If you are a weekly traveler, which I, I am, you live and die by Sky Club. Um, they changed it so you could go like 10 times a year which josh i go 10 times a month and the funny thing is like it costs with the delta uh 
uh, Sky Club uh, um, Amex, like if I want to bring a friend or something, it, it costs thirty dollars. Yeah, thirty. So they didn't even do the math right. It's like, oh, so now I could just pay thirty dollars a time and not pay your stupid five hundred dollars, and I'll just shift from Delta Amex to whatever. And dude, they make all their money off this Delta Amex stuff. Yeah. So it's funny. So I have the um, Amex Platinum card with work. Yeah. Which that's how I've always had access to the Sky Club, and I think that's going to stay the same. I don't know if anything changes. That's really all I cared about was making sure that didn't change. But I have some friends like you that are like, well, screw this. Like, I can't even get in the Sky Club anymore. Um, and the the counter argument was, well, it's gotten really crowded. It's gotten very, you know, general population-ish. And so people didn't feel like it was it was anything special. It's crowded in Atlanta because Atlanta is the busiest airport in the world. Not in the country, not in the state, in the world. So... The answer is to just build more sky clubs. It's not to um to you know drastically reduce getting in there. Um but yeah, I, I mean look, it's uh it's crazy like you um I've I can't I couldn't tell you how many flights I've been on this year and I have like 300,000 MQMs or something like that. But to get to like 20,000 MQDs, that means you spent 20 grand on flights. I mean, you got to buy some expensive flights, you know, European type flights to get to that level. And they you move that number from 20,000 to now it's going to be like 30,000. Yeah. Which is see, crazy. Yeah. I mean, all I look at, again, I'm such a, I look at my ability to go to the Sky Club and then my frequent flyer miles and how much that gets me, which doesn't get you jack crap anymore. I mean, I remember 25,000 Sky Miles. I feel like I get me a good ticket somewhere. I mean, not anymore. Like, what is your juice with Sky Miles these days? Well, I have over like a million Sky Miles. You want to you trade some? You want to hand some I'll, over? I got a, a third of a bottle of bourbon I can drink. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll take you wherever you want to go. We could, we could film a pop, podcast anywhere in the country. So it, it's funny. Like, what are you holding on to them for? Like, pe- like, and I know Ben's got a bunch of them too. I'm like, what? Like, use them. For what? Where Ghost? am I going to go? I don't know. If I'm traveling every week, I don't want to travel for fun. That is actually a good and point. And like, I got little kids. I, I would rather run into ongoing traffic than take little kids on Across a plane the, right like, now. Like or something? Like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. So you are every week you're, you're traveling I mean, all the time. You're in California. Whatever, whatever it takes to win a championship. Kirby Smart and us. Yeah, you'll get on a plane to go close a deal. That's it. some good stuff right now. It's that all sorts of good stuff. The market is breaking down, which creates a real opportunity for us. And, um, you know, it's funny, like I, I gave some like super, it's probably super lame to most people, but it's, it's just funny to me. I gave some speech to our t- entire team about being tired in the fourth quarter. It's like an old Jimmy Johnson speech about you know the the athlete who's is who's most conditioned will will have fun at the end of the game when everybody else is sucking wind. Finish the drill, right? This year in the real estate business has been awful. And most people are quitting. Most people are saying, you know what, year's terrible. I'm gonna throw in the towel. And right now, these last few months are the best time to do deals because yep. people are the market's tired. Nobody's gonna try and close a deal by year end. And I'm sitting here like come on, you're ready to do it. So, so people have some money to invest, like, is now a good time to look in some real estate, do some stuff, stock market? Like, I don't know. What do you think? Now's a good time to hold on to your money. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't touch the stock market. Um, and I'm not a big, I'm a real estate guy. I'm not a big stock guy to begin with. So maybe I'm not the person giving advice, but there's so much volatility 
and so much uncertainty that's going on. Like I, I'll give you an example. So um, through this thing that Greg, our CEO is involved in, we had one of the country's most renowned economists in our office. And I asked him, I said, what, what's, what happens if the 10 year treasury goes to 5%, which not to be boring on here, but 10 year treasury is, you know, a benchmark that a lot of real estate people use to see where cap rates are going. He's like, well, it'll never get to 5%. I'm, I'm estimating it's going to be 3% or three and a half percent. So no need to worry about it. Well, 12 months later hit 5%. That's the smartest dude in the country. Got no idea what's coming yeah, down the pipe. Who knows? So for some like a novice like me, while I look at it at office buildings because I just moved to a nice new building and I don't see a damn person. Me, Andy Goldner, our paralegals, and that's the only people I see. And there's floors upon floors of space. I don't know if they're leased or if they're empty or people just working from home. Like, what is the conventional wisdom of how this is gonna end up shaking down? It's a fallen knife. Just how 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 fast and how deep is it going to fall? So what what, it, what happens? I mean, these massive portfolios with these huge buildings. Like, what happens? There are two schools of thought. One is that um, the values of these buildings will get down to a point where um, they'll be converted to other things like housing, hotels, like we're hopefully closing in a couple of days on uh, a deal in Birmingham where one of our best borrowers converting an office building downtown to an awesome hotel. Um, you know, I've seen it with multifamily, I've seen it with student housing, like you got to buy those right, but they'll be converted. There's another school of thought that is probably not a, maybe a smart one, but the economy goes down the tubes and who's getting laid off? People working from home. Yeah. And that will spur people back to yeah, work. Back to work. And, yeah. you know, look, there's some office buildings that are functionally obsolescent that aren't going to survive in general. But, you know, it, look, I, I feel like there's cities that aren't going to survive. Like I was in San Francisco not too long ago. That place ain't going to survive. I mean, you've been there recently. Like, what's the deal with cities like that? Oh, see, I, I think. That's where I think you can make money. I, you know, cities with terrible politics that have been destroyed by, you know, just nonsense, like absolute nonsense. But you start looking at like there, there are trades in San Francisco that are like you could look back to 2010 and that's below where it's trading. You start seeing stuff like that, like really good real estate. San Francisco is a beautiful city. At some point, people are going to wake up and be like, hey, we've lost a lot of money electing people that have put us in the situation. We're going to elect new people. And suddenly that city will turn around. And that's where where money is made. I don't think they're going to be functionally obsolescent forever. Now, there are cities in the Midwest that have no drivers that I'm like, "I, I don't, you know. I don't know why the city exists and, and I don't know where it's going 20 years from now, but a big city on the coast like San Francisco or Seattle, even I was in Portland a couple of weeks ago. It's a beautiful city and the right, the right deal at the right, right number, like it, with the right strategy where you can hold on to it for a long time, really wait out some of this politics nonsense. You could make a lot of money years from now. 
Yeah, you can look back in history and and I think you're right, like take advantage of these sorts of time and maybe you'll be the person that's in the space in real estate and finance looking at the way you are, be like, let's go buy. Oh no, did you start pitching a deal in San Francisco? People think you're on crack pitching that. They're like, did you just come from San Francisco I, I, I and would, you're on drugs? I, 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 yeah, you probably got your drugs there. <laughs> um, that That's my example though, right? Like history rewards those kind of weird thinkers that everybody says that's not going to work. And then it does work. And maybe maybe we're in that kind of a time. I mean, that's how people either make a lot of money or lose a bunch of money. Like WeWork's filing bankruptcy this week. That was a really good or bad it's, idea. It's pretty cool. bad idea. Yeah. Um, so, but I think you got to, in, in markets like this, you've got to find kind of those alternative strategies. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? Well, the strategy 10, 15, 20 years ago was, buying property down in 30a right that's what everybody was doing everybody goes and buys their house in 30a because you get a bumper sticker you get a bumper sticker 30a, 30A and, and you can rent it out um I, you know i pick 30a it could be any of these beach places right that go get your rental property but i'll pick on 30a because um i think i'm done with it i think i'm done with 30a too many, too much for you too many too many people you can't can't get a reservation for spring break these kids are out of control um I think I'm done with 30A. I get it. I mean, we go down there every year and it is insane how crowded it is. And it's it, it's become a social media thing, right? And a bumper sticker thing. You pointed it out it's perfectly. Bu- it's a bumper sticker thing. It's a social media thing. I'm not sure, like, there's big golf. There's a lot of pretty beaches down there. 30A is a big stretch, right? But no, we've got to be right here. Or we've got they, to be right here. They won the marketing game. They won the marketing game. What's funny to me, though, this is kind of twisted, but whatever. Um, these dudes that would brag about like, oh, I bought this 30A thing back in like 2012, and then they get their insurance bill this year, and it's like more. <laughs> well, I'm curious how that went, because I think all of us at one point in time, you do the mental gymnastic math, like, well, if the house is 1.2, and we rent it out for this many times a year, and you're getting no. this much a week. Like, are people making money on that or no? No. I think like you're talking about San Francisco and like stuff like that, where people really mo- losing money right now are Airbnbs. Yeah. Like it's crazy. If you go down the rabbit hole, you pour yourself one of these bourbons and you go down a rabbit hole of, of looking up like all these people losing money on Airbnbs. Like it's a bunch of people that bought in 30A and beach towns and Nashville and whatever, and they can't rent them. And they were sitting there during COVID and they're like, well, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work. I don't want to, you know, work for somebody. I'm going to go buy a bunch of Airbnbs. And they had this huge run up and they had cheap debt, right? Because so interest, they all, rates were so low. interest rates were so low. So they, anybody could go so buy So I out. thought people were traveling. I mean, people are always going places. They're not, they're not renting these places anymore. No. Why? Um, I think it's a, the amenities and, and what you get quality wise in a, in a hotel is just vastly superior and easier and be like the Airbnb thing is just not a good, it works for certain situations, but like for the average person that's trying to, you know, go there on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it just doesn't work. It's funny you mentioned that because when we, when, when, when me and, and the family or friends, we go someplace, 
like it always is brought up like well, let's check airbnb but we never really pulled the trigger on it for the reasons you just mentioned no. and dana like she's like i want the hotel amenities i want that comes with it i don't want and to what were to- we we were talking about delta earlier like bro i live off my marriott status stuff mm-hmm. like i i'm not i'd rather, I'd rather marriott points yeah it's like hilton marriott i i I got, I got my status. I know what I'm going to get, you know, even like you're, you're on the road with Graham going to these baseball games. Like you go to a Hampton Inn in a small town somewhere, you know, exactly what you're getting. You know what the room's going to look like, you know, what the breakfast you're going to get. The kids are happy. There's a pool there for them to, to swim in. You go to an Airbnb somewhere who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's Who a knows if it's the AC is working? Who knows? You're gonna pay a two hundred something dollar cleaning bill. Like it's just. It, so you're a Marriott guy. Always have been. Yeah. I'm a Marriott guy. Always have been. I mean, go Marriott, right? I love them. Um, I I, I love them. I, I've I've you know since I've gotten into the the hotel business, I I, I love Marriotts. I love Hiltons. Um, you know they. I, I I go to the to a bunch of different cities and like I want to stay in a nice place, right? I don't get any sleep at home. I got one kid that comes in the bed every night, and I've got another one that's like wakes up at five making noise. So I I remember those days, man. Like I don't travel for work much now. Everybody did back in the day when the kids were smaller. And uh, between you and me, that's kind of a nice little break for a night or two. I'm just saying, like, that is the only sleep that I may get in a week. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And I know what, what I'm getting with those with those brands versus, like, you know, going to some random boutique place or something where it might sound cool, but it probably isn't. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Well, I'm glad we're getting a chance to, to sit down here and talk about all this crazy stuff and, you know, do the podcasting. I mean, I think that you, like me, uh, enjoy this this medium, right? Like enjoy podcasting. I've heard you on several other people's shows, man. Like you, you, you make the round, make the rounds. I think it's great. I think it's great what you're doing. You get your brand out there. Like, you know, so many people tried the traditional way of, of branding and it's like people hear your voice, they see your face. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like they know you. Right. So when the time comes where they need your services, they call you cause they feel like they know you. Right. And um, I think it's a great way to get um, things out. Like we've been talking about maybe doing one at, at our office. Yeah. Um, while you have been talking about it. just do it. What are you waiting for? Just do it. It's just it, it's just getting getting the time together, because if you're going to do it, that's like, an excuse you, for anything. Right. Yeah. But you you put a lot of time and, and sweat and energy into your podcast. Like you got to if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Um, so I, I do think we're do it. But like. I, you know, if you're out pitching business and you're giving the same conversation every day to be able to do that on a podcast or be able to talk to, you know, have a client on or have somebody in your office that does something else that is fascinating. It's just, it's just content and yeah. content is king. It's king. I tell my kids all the time. It's like, when it comes to content, you can either be somebody that creates it or strictly consumes it. And I am very big on being a creator, being a country. I, I, I got, I'm, I'm not saying I'm some, you know, YouTube star, Instagram, you know, this, that, or the other, but I do try very hard to be somebody that produces content, good, bad, or different. I don't know. It's not always good, but I tell my kids all the time, like, be the person that produces, don't be a consumer, just a strictly yeah. a consumer. No, I, dude, I think it's great. Like the other day, um, we had a deal where um, somebody we were competing with was, just throwing out some crazy nonsense. 
and it, it pissed me off. Um, People I, got angry? I, I'm competitive and, you know, I, I'm very about, I take the business very passionately and very personally. And I'm all about respecting the game and respecting the business. And like, what this person say? What they, they do? They they were going out and they were selling our our borrower that we already signed up with. Just some nonsense that like stuff. Hey, you know, go away from those guys. Come with us. We can do X, Y, and Z. And X, Y, and Z wasn't even remotely possible. Um, and I, I went on the LinkedIn. And I just you know, I started preaching about it and I was like, this is just not a market for you to chase a dream, right? You you need to, if you're going to do something, you better do something with someone that has a track record. If uh, people, if people go when they're meeting you or doing a deal with you, if they go look at your LinkedIn page, you've got tons of credibility from what you've built post-wise. Um, and I think that's an important way to think about some of these posts is like, if someone, if I'm going to meet somebody or someone's going to want to hire me or opposing counsel, like I fully expect them to do a full deep dive on the internet about me. I expect, I do that when I meet people. So I want them to see a track record of in your examples, you know, deals you've made, finances you've done, podcasts you've been on talking about it, articles that you've written, like this dude's bona fide. It's your online business card. That's what it is. You know, you got to put yourself out there because, you know, you, you can wait on somebody else to do it for you, but you're, you know, at the end of the day, we're all a commodity, right? What's the difference between us and AI? Um, oh God, that's a whole not, that's a whole nother thing. I ain't ready to go down that rabbit hole yet. Well, the difference is, is that if you've got a brand and you've got a, a, a way of doing things that can't be replicated by a computer, then you'll make money. If not, then you're not going to survive. So back to your question on, you know, content creating versus consuming, right? If you're just a consumer, then, you know, you're, you're replaceable at some point. If you're creating something, you, you better be creating something that a computer can't create. Otherwise, you're going to be like, you know, our parents' generation that discovered, you know, online and got wiped out. Right. And it also sharpens the knife too. Like it keeps you fresh, keeps you energetic. It, it, it uses skills of, you know, speaking or whatever, or writing, whatever it might be, just gets you better and you can use it in any, any facet of life. That's right. People, you know, people may say that they don't care about that stuff and they don't need that stuff. I run into people all the time. They're like, oh, I saw this deal that you closed um, or I saw this thing that you did or saw this, you know, uh, like you talk about, I'm always on the road. I'm on, I do a lot of these panels and like, you'd be shocked, man. You're, you're doing a panel and you just say something funny or something, you connect with somebody in the audience and they come up and they're like, Hey, heard you speak, really enjoyed it. Here's my business card. And like, suddenly you've got a deal, right? You don't like, know where it's going to come from. Never know. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's watching. I got a call yesterday from a guy, you know, I put some TikTok stuff out there now. Um, I got a call from a guy and he's like, I came across your video on this particular issue and it really resonated with me. And I want to call you and talk about my case, whatever. I'm like, this is actually a case, you know, and something I said in the God knows what speaking of TikTok, So it can humble your ass very quickly. So I do one minute videos, um, at maximum. Right. And it will show you how long people are listening until they drop off. It's like three seconds. People, people will watch it for like less than five seconds. The majority. Oh, see that? I don't think that's humbling. I think what's humbling is <laughs> if you put my Instagram next to your daughter's. That's also true. That's, that's humbling. So like, I, like I get like 
oh, you know, 20 grandmas like my post on, on Instagram. And then I'll like, look at one of your daughter's things is like 8,000 8, people. So like, I, I tell that to her too. I'm like, I, I sat here and did this one minute video about something that I thought was pretty damn smart, or at least it was, I thought relevant. And like three people like, oh, like whatever. She puts her pictures from, you know, volleyball or homecoming, which are great pictures, by the way. And like you said, thousand plus people, likes, like, hundred plus comments. China, they're, they're, they're playing different they, games. Dude, they they love volleyball in China if if they're not real people or whatever. But if those they're are real, real people, people they're then, real people. You know, God help us all. But it goes back to what you 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 told uh Isabella and a couple of years ago. It's like it's not about the likes. Like mm -mm. if 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 that's what you're doing it for, you've already lost. That's it ain't about the likes. But it is interesting to at least notice it and be like, oh God. <laughs> that's like that's like your boy Deion Sanders. It's all about the likes. That's how you end up that's how you end up two and six. What is your thoughts on him? I mean, I mean, I know what they are, but like how strongly do you feel about Deion Sanders? Oh, Deion. I mean, like Dion was made for the social social media age. He comes in, he hits he hits you with like a great ten second clip, you know, talking about this, talking about that, and you know they 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 win a big game to start the year, and and everybody's just nonstop Dion, Dion, Dion. Dude, that is a hard hard business. Do I think he can coach? Absolutely. Do I think that? You know, when a Hall of Famer's coming in your house versus like Josh Heupel, um, you know, do I think that Dion's going to get kids? Absolutely. Do I think that he can recruit? Absolutely. Uh, you know, taking it from getting a bunch of talent and being, you know, eight and four and being like one of those elite guys like Kirby or Saban or like that's where it, you've got to you got to prove it. But He'll get talent in the door and like, you know, I guess what, what conference did they bounce to now? Were they in the big 12? I don't even know, but yeah, we're sitting in my basement. I've got a signed Dion Jersey. Over, it's awesome. Over, everybody loves Dion. And I just, he's reinvented himself. Everybody. So Graham Shador Sanders is like his guy. I don't think he's ever even seen Shador play, but he sees his Instagram clips and you're right. They're made for social media. He's made for that. And Dion Sanders was born to be a WWE manager. Tell, tell me I'm that's wrong. All, that's all it tell is. Tell me I'm wrong. That's all it is, old school wrestling. <laughs> like, he's cutting a promo. He's cutting he's, a promo. He's, you know, like, this week, uh, what, he, he walks in, he's like, yeah, we got to get new players on the offensive line. He says the same thing that the Pittsburgh coach says, and everybody hates on the Pittsburgh coach, and nobody, people are like, oh, it's just Dion being Dion. You know, I do that weekly uh, college football show with Jason Gans and Lawrence Kessler, and it's so funny because they have such opposite feelings about him. Lawrence, WWE, WWE guy, like, loves the hype, loves the show. Gans, like, the guy's an idiot. He's not a real person. He's not a serious person. Da, da, da. So it's like watching the two of them debate it. It's kind of what the country's doing. Like, he is a talking point every Saturday. Oh, I'm and telling you, like, you look at people Graham's age, like, they, the social media, younger generation, they love Deion Sanders. And that, what does that equate to? It, it equates to recruiting. It, it, it's all about the Jimmys. It's Jimmys and the Joes, not the it's X's all, and the O's. That's all He's it is. He's going to get a big job, you man. Get, you get the, get the right recruits. Look. I get it. Florida State's, you know, they're in the top four right now. Maybe they make the playoff, but like Deion Sanders at Florida State, he he could have he could have gone to have them with the type of recruits that they they'd be in the top four every year. I thought Tech should have hired him. 
Poor Tech. I thought I thought Tech should have hired him. Now whether he goes there or not, I don't know. He went to Colorado. Tech should have hired Dan Mullen. Oh God, that was the play. He's the opposite of a guy that wants to recruit. No, he doesn't want to recruit. Kirby called him out last week. You don't recruit recruit very well. You don't recruit at Georgia Tech anyway. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see. Look, he had a big win against UNC last week. Maybe he's the right guy. Um, I don't want to give Georgia Tech more (laughs) airtime. No, but uh, I do want to mention that hoodie that you're wearing. I'm wearing a hoodie too. Uh, You're looking good. I don't even know what brand it is. This is a what? What do you got? Roback. They're like it's what the frat kids wear now. Fratters. You're holding on to the fratters. I'm still. I love the frat gear. I'm still. I'm about to be 39 years old. I'm still fratty. Hoodies weren't fratty back in the day. No. But hoodies are super Friday now. You got to evolve in time. And, and, and they're like, I wear hoodies to work, like on the reg. I wear, uh, so uh, the last two days I've wore different colored Roback hoodies. How do you spell this Roback? Like, it's like, it's R-H-O-B-A-C-K. R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Dude, uh, my buddy Josh Phillipson got me into these. Shout out Josh Phillipson. And they are like the most comfortable things ever. And I wear them like every day. You got me. I mean, I'm going to check in, check but it the out. The game is like, it, this is where it's at now. It's where it's like, at. It's where it's at. I mean, Lululemon, I unapologetically wear it. Uh, the Viore, I unapologetically wear it. Free fly. Well, that's, all about that's one of the best parts of like, you know, the, the office space apocalypse. It's like, you really don't have to overdress anymore to go to work. Like if you've got clients, you got to go. You have to go in a courtroom. Um, you know, I got to go to a conference. Like you got to dress up to a degree. Um, but if I'm just rolling in the office, just rolling in the office, I'll throw one of these things on and like. If I see somebody for no reason wearing a button-up shirt and khaki pants, I'm like, what's this dude doing? We used to all, every day. Like if I could tell you that for. 15 straight years, I wore a pair of khaki pants or navy blue pants or black pants and some version of a Banana Republic button. That's right. <laughs> and like, now, like, rinse, repeat. And now, I would like, no more put that outfit on tomorrow than a hole in the head. I'll, I'll roll this on and then, like, I've got a, I've got a peach tree hat in my office that I'll throw on backwards. And, backwards like, pe- when, when I've got the hat on the office, people know, like, it's oh, game time. Bro's throwing Where, where are you at with Crocs? I don't want to own them. No. Would you Hell consider no. changing your opinion no. on that? No, uh, absolutely not. I'm I'm a Crocs guy. I, Pro Crocs. Did you buy them at a Bucky's? <laughs> Did you now bet you to put Bucky's on this show somehow? Like put that word in there? No, I just uh, that's where. Like, where do you buy Crocs? Like, Amazon? is that, where do you buy anything else? Amazon. Rack, does, rack does, room. Does Amazon get them from Bucky's? You can get everything else from Bucky's. Which, by the way, I'm not a huge fan. Sorry, Robert. I'm not a huge fan of Bucky's. Why not? It's too many people. It's a freaking mess. My kids lose their mind in there. They want to buy stuffed animals they don't ever use anymore. They want shirts. They want hats. They want all this crap with this Bucky's on there. And you know what? I'm going to say it. The barbecue is average at best. I uh, I don't disagree with any of this. Okay. Well, there I, you go. When you, when you go, when I'm on the road and I'm trying to stop, I'm trying to just stop and go. Like to to go in, like we went in there um, on the way back from Disney and we spent like $80 on like on nothing, 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 nothing. Now, if you look at it as a activity, like an excursion, like, oh, we just, we just killed 45 minutes and my kids took a picture with the Bucky and like, fine. But if you're trying to extract value outside of that, no, give me a, a quick trip. Give me a, a Slim Jim and a Monster Energy drink. 
I'm on yeah, my way. I'm, Maybe a pack I'm, of sunflower seeds. I'm I'm with you there. I don't like to me, I don't I don't really get what the whole thing is like. I you know, yeah, I guess if I wanted to get barbecue, but like I'm not going that's not where I'm stopping. So on on the drive to Florida or Disney World, what kind of music we listen to these days? Country I'm big into country. Where are you at? Oh man. Um well the kids are into wrestling themes. So you, um, listen, but- you listen to wrestling music in the car? <laughs> <laughs> they, they love it. That's amazing. You kill seven hours with wrestling themes? No, not seven hours. I'd kill myself. But no, like if, if I'm like, hey, we're going to grandma's, like that 18 minutes from Sandy Springs to East to the edge oh, of East Cobb. God, that's they're, amazing. They're rocking just, theme just songs. Spotify theme songs. Yep. You got the playlist. They oh, are, but um, no, no country. Country's too soft now. You know, we love country. Isabella, you know, there's so many different levels of country, right? I mean, there's a lot of soft people out there, and I bet I can imagine who you're thinking of. But like Chris Stapleton, Luke Combs, Eric Church, Morgan Wallen, like those guys are good. Zach Brown, Isabel loves it. I love it. Um, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. I I feel like I hear you. Like Chris Stapleton's great. Um, there's a bunch of guys that are like I think of like what I call outlaw country. That's a different like game. the that's a different the old game. school like different Hank, game. Like, but people in that 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 have that type of sound, I think, is really cool. Um, but there's a lot of like dudes that are trying to be like the male version of Taylor Swift. They're so like, soft. They're, they're so like, soft. Like the Dan Dan and Shay. Ugh, ugh, ugh Pew Keith Urban. <laughs> Old, Old Dominion. Dominion. Oh my God. All those guys. Like, I, no. Now I will say like Morgan Wallen, who I'd mentioned, who I like, he's kind of playing both sides though. Cause every teenage girl knows him. Adults listen to him too. His concert tickets next, next week in Atlanta. Have you seen the price tags on these bad boys? Uh, I bet it's crazy. Dude. If, if you went on whatever vivid seats is where I go to now, StubHub, you would not believe what people are charging for these tickets. Like if you want a decent seat, you're paying almost a thousand bucks. Oh my god! To listen to Morgan Wallen, it's terrible. It's That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Um, I yeah, I not for me. Um, you know, I, I I'd listen to it. Like if you had it on, I'd be like, oh, this is pretty good. But you like, still Pearl Jam, like grunge, that stuff. Because me and Ben school. obviously love that, and I know you did too. I, you know, I listen to all sorts of stuff, particularly like you take a lo- enough of these long flights and I, I can't focus on anything. So I'll do work and I'll listen to music on these flights. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll listen to anything if it's good. Like I could go from, you know, listening to Drake to, you know, just something random. Um, like somebody in my office was talking about some uh, EDM concert that they went to. And I was like, yeah, I know who that is. I'll work out to that stuff. They looked at me like I was that. crazy. And I'm like, yeah, like. We were last night with Halloween, bring it up again. We had some people over and I threw on um, Dr. Dre Pandora Station. Still hits. Dr. Dre, all that stuff still hits. Convince no, me otherwise. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Chronic 2001, nothing going to be better. No, P- period, hard stop. Like that's, it yeah. is, yeah. you know, that and old school chronic, like all that. There's just nothing. I don't even know, like, who's a, who's a rapper? You mentioned Drake, but is he really, is he, is he oh, a I, rapper? I, I, I have no idea. I don't even know either. I like, I think Drake's good. I don't know how I got into it, but it pumps me up some days. Um, Agreed. But who's the rap, like who's 2023's version of like that kind of rap? I have no idea. I don't either. I like it, it, it now it's like there's so many people in that space that like 
I wouldn't even begin to know who to listen to. Yeah, me neither. Well, I just looked down. We are one hour and two minutes into talking about nothing and everything at all. I mean, right? it's just, it's so, just hey, so dude, I'll, just, throw, I'll throw the fist to you. I mean, we, it's just another Wednesday. It's just, it's just another Wednesday. I mean, cheers, man. Like, hey, God bless. You know, it, it's like I like uh, me and Ben discuss, and we did the podcast with him. It's like, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time. It's like, so you sit down, you dedicate an hour, you put the microphone on, and you just roll. We just, ro- you just roll. It sounds great. Yeah. So, well, you know, I try to keep these at about an hour. If I didn't look down, we'd kept going. I'm like, oh man, it's three hours. By the way, um, Joe Rogan's, his are like three hours long. That's an investment to decide to go listen to one of his podcasts. They're great. They do a lot of this. Too, like it's too, it's too long. It's it's extremely random conversations. They just kind of go. Um, but he's three hours, man. I mean, his podcast is great, but it's just too long. Like I I can't. When you start, when when you have a podcast that you have to start and stop, like during like the entire week of your work drive, like that's when it's like, okay. Yeah. I shoot for an hour, we're at an hour. So we're going to have to call it quits. Although I'm sure there's 18,000 other things we'll talk about. So, you know, we'll just do it again. Let's do it. Yeah. Cheers, man. Enjoyed it. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on, man. I think we hit, we hit all the good topics. Um, Yeah, we did it. So thank you all for listening. Uh, Your, your prayers are answered. The People's Champ, Jared Schlosser, back in the house. So we'll have him back again. Thank y'all for listening as always. Hope you enjoyed this. I sure as hell did. Enjoyed this bourbon. Might have another one. So like, comment, subscribe, right? What else, what else are they supposed to do? Uh, that sounds great to, sounds me. to me. Your pitch is right. really good. Pitch is really good. <laughs> All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Talk to y'all later. Until next time, keep chopping. Keep chopping.